Hey guys, welcome to my show. I am Tristan Duplachane, and you are listening to the Still Like an Artist podcast. I'm sure most of you guys have heard of the Tiger King. Who hasn't? It was one of the most sensationalized documentaries on Netflix during COVID. And today I am bringing to you Nico Marchetti. He is actually one of the cameramen for Joe Exotic. He's going to tell us a little bit about Joe and his experience on the show. Thank you, Nico, for joining me. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I, I grew up in Chicago. Um, lived there pretty much my whole life. Um, Ended up moving to Oklahoma, working for Joe. Um, currently, I am in Chillicothe, Illinois. Um, I worked for, uh, we filmed Demolition Derbies. We did live streams for them. Um, I ended up leaving. Uh, so, yeah, currently uh, looking for work. Okay, so you're a photographer and filmographer. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, uh, mainly video. Uh, okay. But yeah, I do photography um, and editing. So what type of photography do you like to do? Um, pretty much anything. Um, yeah, I mean, I like doing like nature stuff. Um, but, but yeah, whatever, you know, okay. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not too picky. <laughs> so I figure we'll just dive right in and just start talking about Joe. Are you cool with that? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. So when you accepted the job, what did you expect versus what you thought when you arrived there? Yeah, I was... It was crazy. I mean, I remember, um, you know, getting the email from uh, the producer who was there then. His name was Mark. And uh, we kind of talked for a bit. And then we, we did like a Skype. And he kind of gave me the background on Joe and the zoo. He told me that someone lost their arm. Uh, and he was like, you still want the job? I was like, yeah, why not? <laughs> and uh, so then I, I get there and it was, you know, I, like growing up in Chicago, you know, big city. Um, moving to Oklahoma was, was crazy. Um, mainly cause like we never, like my family never really went on vacation. So we never really like, traveled a whole lot. Like we went to Italy when I was a kid. Um, but other than that, really nothing. Um, so going to Oklahoma was definitely like culture shock and then getting to the zoo. That was like an entire different kind of like culture shock. Like you get there, there's these trailers that you're going to be living in. And then you go into the gift shop and you kind of meet everyone. And, uh, you know, they're not the normal bunch of people that you would like associate with. Um, but then you step out of the gift shop into the park and it was like, you know, is this, is this real? Like, am I dreaming right now? Like what's, what is this place? Uh, I kind of like expected the Jurassic Park theme song to start playing. Cause you see these huge cages, like they're like, 12 to 20 feet tall and you just see all these animals it was crazy so when you got there how were the animals like did they seem like they were well kept or did they kind of seem in rough environment uh, i'd say for the most part um they they looked like they were in in a good environment uh there were some cages that seemed kind of small um but i guess you know it's just kind of like a space issue i guess but the overall i'd say like the animals were we're taken care of really well. Well, that's good to hear at least. So <laughs> tell me about meeting Joe Exotic for the first time. How was that? <laughs> uh, it was my second day. Uh, he wasn't there my first day. It, as I was watching the documentary, kind 
kind of clicked in my head in Tampa, how it fly by on my first day there. Uh, so the second day, I, yeah, I go to the gift shop for the morning meeting, and uh, Joe kind of points at me and goes, who the hell is this guy? And uh, our, my producer, Mark, at the time, he, uh, he goes, oh, Joe, this is Nico, your new camera guy. He's like, oh, we'll see about that. He may be waking up in my bed tomorrow morning. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was the first time I met my boss. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, as we're leaving the, the gift shop, uh, you know, everyone from on the, the animal crew, they're going, oh, you're going to be the next Travis, aren't you? Like, what are you talking about? They're like, well, Travis started off as a camera guy, and then he moved in with Joe. I was like, oh, well, I'm not gay. Like, yeah, neither is Travis. I was like, oh, what did I get myself into? Like, I should have listened to my mom. I shouldn't have went. Like, <laughs> I was, yeah, it was, it was crazy. So, was like, <laughs> so uh, that's your first impression meeting him. Like, how did, did he grow on you? Like, how did your relationship with Joe, like, go throughout the time filming him? Yeah, I mean, it was, um, it was a good relationship. He was cool with all of us in the studio. Um, I think he kind of saw what we were doing for him. And so he, he took care of us. Um, yeah, there was definitely some like ups and downs, you know, uh, he definitely liked to, uh, like hit on me and, and, you know, <laughs> say different things, but it was, you know, it was whatever. I didn't really shocked it off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? It's just, is what it is. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was a good relationship that we had. Um, you know, um, can't really say anything, anything bad about the way he treated me or he treated the studio. It was more like seeing him interact with the, the animal crew. Um, he kind of, you know, treated them like, you know, second class citizens just cause you know, he could replace them. Like they were replaceable. He knew that. So he can treat them a certain way. And so, you know, there were, there was a lot of turnover with them and there wasn't a whole lot with us just cause you know, we, um, you know, Joe liked us, so. Right, you were kind of like in his inner group, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Um, so, I'm guessing now, like, you guys are on, like, how do you feel about him with the whole going to jail situation? Like, do you think differently of him, or do you still kind of feel the same about him? No, I feel so, I, I feel the same way. Um, I mean, there was a lot of things he was doing when I was there that were, you know, shady. Um <laughs> You know, he, uh, he would, he had, uh, people sponsor animals and he would like, it was like once a month, he would, um, like send a picture to them and they would send him money to take care of the animal. And <clears throat> one of the days, like we were in the, in his office and he was, uh, someone said, Oh, this person needs a picture of you know, this tiger. He goes, well, that tiger is dead. <laughs> and like they're still sending in money for that you know take care of that tiger or you know like he would sell a tiger or sell some animals and t still taking in sponsored money uh he, he he claimed that he had cancer and he started like a a gofundme kind of thing and he never had cancer he just kind of took the money um <laughs> So he was like slightly a con artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I went to the the hospital with him, and it was a plastic surgeon's office. Uh, and he got he had like benign tumors um, in his leg, and like, because everyone was warning me, like, "Oh, you're gonna see like the insides of someone. It's gonna be crazy." So I was freaking out. And then like that happened, and I was like, "Like what?" 
and then he, and then after that he got Botox and then we went furniture shopping and then we went back to the zoo. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. That's definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, yeah, that's just, that's Joe. Like he's, you know, so it didn't surprise me that he went to jail. It didn't surprise me the way he went to jail. Cause I didn't think he would ever do something like that. Uh, I know like he hated, he hated Carol. That was like established from day one. So that's going to roll into my next question. Like, how did you feel about his like obsession with Carol Baskin? Like how, how was that? Um, I mean, at first I had no clue about any of the whole animal world. Um, Cause it's, it's crazy. Um, and so like, I was just like, I don't know why he's in an argument with this lady or these other people. Like, you know, like why, why is he doing this? And then like, then you start hearing all the things like all like just repetition. You hear like all these things. And then like, it's almost like being in a cult. Cause like everything's about Joe, his music playing in the gift shop. There's pictures of him everywhere. And then he's always just kind of like feeding you lines about these people. So you kind of like, you get into that mindset, like, Oh, everyone's against Joe. Joe's this good person. Um, so, you, you know, he has to stand up for himself, you know, against all these people. And it's like, I, you know, I never met Carol, so I, I can't, like, speak about her. But, you know, I, I don't know anything really about her other than what Joe told me. So Gotcha. So you, you really only have one side of that story. Yeah. Yeah, so, but, I mean, from, like, everything that I've seen, like, the videos of her and all that, like, she doesn't seem like a good person either. Right. Like, I feel like she kind of egged it on a little bit, you know? So I, yeah, yeah. I feel like, you know, he may not be a hundred percent innocent in it, but I feel like it was not just one sided kind of thing though. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. do you think that he actually did that? Like he really did try to put a hit out on her? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you don't um, <laughs> I wasn't there at I was, um, I had left. I was there from uh, March of 2014 to January, 2015. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, when I heard about that, I was like, I really, I was like, I didn't think like Joe would be that stupid to do that. Um, but you know, I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah. You just really never <laughs> truly know what had happened, I guess. So, yeah. um, did you ever actually meet Travis? Yeah. Yeah. I knew Travis. So did you, but like, I don't know. I'm trying to think how to, I want to word this. Um, so were you there when he killed himself? No, I wasn't. I wasn't there. Um, but yeah, Travis was a cool dude. Um, I mean, he kind of, it was just kind of weird how he got there. He was just <laughs> a kid from like Southern California. And uh, yeah, he just, he would come by the studio and hang out with us. Um, other than that, he just would sleep all day, play video games, smoke weed, uh, <laughs> um, four-wheeler around, like, just cause havoc everywhere he went. Um, he, yeah, he'd go to the property that they had and shoot his gun over there. Um, he was just he was just a big goofball. So it was – when I heard that, um, <clears throat> my buddy Ramon, who I worked with at the zoo, who lives in Oklahoma, he, uh, he told me about it. And uh, I was, I was surprised. Like, I didn't know what to think. I didn't know if he did it on purpose or, you know, then it came out that it was uh, accidental. So it was, I still don't know, you know, if it was accidental or not. Yeah. Well, I hate that. So get to you. I'm sorry. It was like, just cause like Joe did have kind of like, 
like a short leash kind of with him. Like he wouldn't let him leave the park. Um, like they, like Ramon and some of the other guys from the studio, they took Travis out to, I think like guardians of the galaxy came out. They took him to the movies to go see a movie. And Joe like was like adamant with like not letting him go. And they finally talked him into going. And uh, yeah. So Joe was like calling him like every like 15 minutes, seeing where he was. Uh, and then Travis went to, to California to visit his family. And like, he didn't call Joe when he got there and he didn't call him for like five hours. So Joe's freaking out. It was like two hours after like his flight was supposed to land. Joe's calling the cops. Like, <laughs> what? yeah. So like, that's, that was the whole, like, I don't know if he did it on purpose. Cause he thought the only way like out of there, or if it was the accidental, like he was, just put it to his head saying that it wouldn't go off and it it did so i that's i don't know it's one of those things where I, you know mm, i really hate that that was awful yeah so yeah yeah because he was a good kid he was just a big goofball yeah he he really seemed like that they seemed like a really wholehearted like genuine guy yeah, yeah was there anybody that you got close to when you were filming um, from like the studio crew or like just in general from the park? Just in general. I mean, even like who was on the show maybe or something like that. Um, well, I mean the one, there's two people, uh, from the studio crew that I still keep in touch with. Um, uh, one of the, our crew members, uh, Suze Enos, she's out in Denver right now. I think, I think she works for a news station now. Um, we still keep in touch every now and we text every now and then I haven't seen her since the zoo. Um, but we still talk and stuff. Uh, then my buddy Ramon, uh, met him that we were roommates in the trailer. <laughs> uh, we, <clears throat> we ended up striking up a real good friendship. And, uh, after the zoo, we decided to just get in the car and go across the country shooting a documentary called, uh, searching for the American dream. And so we just kind of stopped in different cities where we knew people and uh, even somewhere we didn't, we just asked people on the street, like just different questions about the American dream. Like, what do you think of when you hear the, the term, the American dream, what is the American dream? You know, what's your American dream? Um, and that's on YouTube. It's just search searching for the American dream. Um, so we did that. It took us like six months, I think. Oh, wow. And then like a month, month of just editing it <laughs> so like seven months in total but yeah, so yeah we still keep in touch I've gone out to Oklahoma a few times and then we uh he came up to to Illinois uh once but yeah we uh we text it's weird we text like it'll be like every day for a week and then it, we won't text each other for like three months like it's just <laughs> one of those friends. it's crazy <laughs> yeah 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 but he's doing good he's doing good in Oklahoma he said it was it was crazy there when the documentary came out. He said people were dressing up like Joe. They were talking like Joe. <laughs> They're, they were playing his songs on the radio in Oklahoma. I mean, it blew up. It was a phenomenon. Like before I even watched it on Netflix, I was seeing memes all over Facebook and I was just kind of snickering like, what is this? And then when I watched it, I was like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense now. <laughs> yeah, yeah it is. It was crazy. I mean, it how do you crazy. feel about the fact, like, did you expect it to blow up like it did? No, no, not at all. And I had heard, like, some rumors of the documentary coming out. 
And I was like, oh, it's not going to be a big thing. It's not going to be anything. And it just blew up. I don't know if it was because everyone was like in like the lockdown that like everyone was just sitting at home watching it bored. And that's why, but, uh, cause I have, I have no clue why people would want to watch that, but I guess I kind of do cause it's a train wreck and it like, is you a can't whole train stop wreck. watching it. Exactly. Like even I was like, I couldn't stop watching it and I lived it. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was just, I had, I had friends of mine texting me like, they're like, you know, there's a guy in Tiger King that looks like you like, dude, that is me. Like I'm in the background in shots. Like, <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, like I'm carrying the throne. Um, there's another shot. I got. I think someone's getting fired, and I'm just I have my arms crossed. Just like, <laughs> but yeah, I'm in a few. I'm in a few shots. They use some of the, a lot of the B-roll shots were the shots that we got when we were working there too. So that was pretty cool to see that on Netflix. That's really awesome. So were you like on the? So when you did your. Uh, video it was for the actual show or were you just kind of there just as Joe's personal videographer or just both yeah we were there when when I was there um the studio crew was just Joe's like personal camera crew uh but he would do a live YouTube show every day uh, like Monday through Friday at like it's like seven o'clock to like eight or nine or something um so yeah, I didn't have anything to do with the documentary, but I mean, it was cool though, just seeing it. But yeah, we would, we would follow Joe around. He'd make us wear uh, polos that said live TV film crew <laughs> on the back. <laughs> yeah, we had white, not... white and pink ones. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, and in the winter, he gave us uh, these like bright blue jackets that had the same thing on the back, live TV film crew. And he would act like we were like, when we would go out in public, he would act like we were like, you know, like, like he didn't really want us there. Like we were just like annoying him. Like, Oh, they're, they're making me do this type of thing. <laughs> do you still have your shirts? Oh, I don't know. You totally they, need to find them. <laughs> I'm going to have to look next time I'm at my parents' house. Cause I might have a polo. <laughs> you should do it. And that's like authentic. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So is there any point in time that you were kind of like, I'm done with this, like I want to leave? Or did you just enjoy your whole entire time there? Um Yeah, there was there were two times. Uh the the one where I actually did leave, that one, um, I'll talk about that later. Uh the first one was um the first producer, Mark. Me and him were like we were like good friends for like the first month and then I don't know if Joe told him he had to act more like a boss or something. Cause he started like being real demanding and like everything had to be certain, like a certain way. And like, he kind of started doing things that would like kind of trip you up, like get you in trouble on purpose, you know, type of like, and uh, so, yeah, so I, I actually like, I, I had the camera and I went to the gift shop and I just put the camera and I was like, I'll be right back. I went just packed all my stuff, got in the car. And I started driving and then I called my, my mom. She was like, no, you have to go back. You have to go back. And so I went back and like apologized for leaving. Um, and then right before like Rick came, there was another time where I almost left. And Joe was like, he was like, just hold on for like two more weeks. Cause Mark's gone and we're bringing in a whole new crew. So I'm like, all right, cool. Like at least Joe was kind of looking out for me. 
but yeah, the when I left for like for you know to go do the documentary that uh, Ramon and I did, that was like all of us kind of left. Uh, Rick was the only one there who stayed there. Uh, there was like four of us that left, um, mainly because we were trying to get a reality show for Joe. And it kind of, it just fell through. Like Rick was kind of going off the deep end with like drinking and, and smoking and just like it got, things got kind of weird. And Joe was also doing things that like, you know, telling people he was, he was dying of cancer when he wasn't. And like, there's a whole like insurance kind of thing. And so like just the reality show fell through and we were all like, well, there's nothing left for us to do here. We're not going to just going to be Joe's film crew forever. So we all kind of just left and did our own thing. Wow. And then it blew up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. But that was, yeah, that was just that, that documentary crew that came in that kind of did all that. Yeah. That is crazy. So I actually did kind of a questionnaire on the Joe exotic group on Facebook. And one of the questions that was asked is, why did they they uh, interview the hitman in the bathtub? Do you have any inside <laughs> secrets of why they did that? <laughs> I have no clue. I, people have been asking me that. They're like, that was super weird. I was like, yeah, I don't know why they did that either. Like, I don't know if they did that to just be weird. Like, was it something to just, like, have people talk about, like we're talking about right right now? Like, I don't know if they that's why they did it, or I don't know if there was, like, a symbolism there. Like, maybe, like, they were showing him, like, like he's like cleaning himself from like his like sins or something. I don't, I don't I have no clue. Interesting. That's, uh, I, I mean, kind of like going back to the train wreck factor. Maybe it was just kind of one of those, I can't quit watching. This makes no sense kind of things. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. You got to throw something <laughs> awkward in. <laughs> I mean, they did plenty of that. I feel like. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so after seeing the series, how do you feel about all of the big cat owners and all of this craziness going on among them? Oh, I just, I don't get it. I don't get the appeal of like having them. Like, I mean, I get like why they have them. Like, cause like their home, like their natural habitats being destroyed. Um, so it's like, you want to preserve the species, but it's like, at what cost? Like, are you, are you doing it at like, cause you, I mean, you see different videos of different zoos where like the animals are, aren't being taken care of. And it's like, you know, what's the point of like doing this? Um, but yeah, I mean, if they're taking care of them, right. I mean, I don't have a problem with them keeping them. Um, it just, I mean, it does suck that they're in cages. Right. Um, it's just kind of ironic that now Joe is the one in the cage. You know? Yeah, <laughs> that very much is true. And who knows what could happen in the future with others either. So, Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. there's so much going on with all of that. Oh my gosh. So who do you think set fire to the Gator house in the equipment office? Oh, I've been asked that one too. Uh, <laughs> we had, we had just left. Like it was like a month after we left. And so I was still in Oklahoma. I was in Purcell, Oklahoma, which is like 20 minutes, 30 minutes north of Winniewood where the zoo is. Um, we were at Ramon's grandpa's house. And I just remember. It was, there was, woke up, like, came into the living room, woke me up. He was like, dude, something happened at the zoo. I'm getting texts. Like, my phone won't stop going 
went off and we turned the news to a fire in Winnie Zoo. We're like, what happened? And uh, so, I mean, it, it took a while for them to do like their investigation. They said it was arson, but me and Ramon both think that it got hit by lightning just because there was a big storm and it was a metal building. Right. And the, the electric, like there was just wires hanging everywhere. Like just, <laughs> it wasn't like the best studio. Right. Um, but I mean, if it wasn't that, I mean, I don't know. It was either Rick or Joe and it, it's 50, 50 on it. Cause that's something either of them would do just to like have someone talk about it and have their, their name be brought into it. Um, but yeah, I have no clue. I'm, I kind of lean, I lean towards it. It was during the storm. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it really knows. <laughs> so would you, knowing what you know now, would you do it again? And would you have left differently? Oh, knowing what I know now. Yeah, I'd do it again. It was a blast. <laughs> <laughs> it was just an experience that I, I'll never have again. And I don't think the majority of people will ever have. Right. So it was really cool to just be there for, you know, I was there for like 10 months and just to, just to be around, um, you know, all the people that I met there. Um, you know, I wouldn't have, you know, the friends that I have, uh, I wouldn't have the stories. Um, yeah, is I, I would, I would definitely do it over again. And I mean, if the circumstances were different and it didn't, kind of end the way it did um and you know maybe like we got the reality show or you know something like maybe I would have stayed but but yeah yeah I definitely definitely would do it all over again so going to the whole having so many memories like is there anything in particular that just stands out that you'd like to share with us um yeah the the craziest story um didn't even happen at the zoo it was at another zoo we were uh rescuing um, a bunch of like tigers and lions and a mountain lion, and I think a leopard from the zoo in Louisiana that was getting shut down. And they didn't, they didn't trank the, the one of the male lions down all the way. They gave him like half a trank and get cage up the, the door. He kind of jumped up and kind of, I was right there with the camera and he kind of jumped up kind of right at me. Um, so yeah, that was kind of scary. Um, and then he, while we were there, while that was going on, a tiger almost jumped out of the cage. Like it, it was crazy. Oh my goodness. Uh, that's so terrifying. I mean, so you already knew about, um, but yeah, like all of that going on as far as like the heart being gnawed off and everything. You already know all that. Oh yeah. 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 I knew Saf as well. Um, I met Saf my first day, my so this was this is another crazy thing. My first day, my dad went there with me. My dad drove down with me, and then uh, he got like a rental car in Oklahoma City, and then he drove back. But he was at the zoo my first day, kind of walking around. And uh, Mark is, you know, showing us around the zoo. We get to the alligator pit, and a uh, peacock walking around in there, and so we're like should we get that thing out? Like what, you know, like, should that be in there? And, you know, Mark's like, Oh no, it shouldn't be in there. So we go to Saf and Saf has to get a peacock out of the alligator pit. <laughs> oh, wow. 
<laughs> yeah, that was that was my first day. <laughs> oh my goodness. So what so what are you doing now? Um are you I heard you say you're still like looking for work, that kind of thing. So are you not working at all? Yeah, I'm I'm not working at all right now. It's been like a month. Um yeah, I'm just looking for something, something else. Are you wanting to get into the TV industry or just kind of whatever falls in your lap kind of thing? Um, kind of whatever falls in my lap, I guess. I mean, it, you know, pretty much whatever. I'm open to anything. So do you have any hopes or anything for 2021? Um, hopes for 2021. Uh, hope that this COVID thing's over and that <laughs> I have a job. <laughs> that everything can just, you know, go back to, you know, everyone being able to go outside and, and do stuff and go out and have a good time. <laughs> So my last and final question, and it's just kind of a personal question for you. What would you say to somebody who's trying to get into the industry and um, what do you have to say for them? Um, who? Um, man, I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't know if like, having like the education, like going to school and getting like a degree is something that you have to do. I didn't do that. Like I kind of just, I went to a broadcasting school where it's just like a year long program and they didn't really teach like you a whole lot about cameras, but I kind of fell in love with cameras. They were kind of focused on radio broadcasting. Um, but yeah, like I just kept applying for like different internships, got an internship and then like, kind of just from there it just kind of I kept finding different like odd camera jobs and kind of built like a reel and then I don't know I don't really know because I didn't do like the traditional school things so I don't know like kind of how it is but I guess just just uh now you can just take your phone out now take pictures or video like, I would say just do that like just go do whatever like if you like nature just go find like a forest preserve or like a state park and just take pictures take videos and just kind of build a reel like that if that's what you're interested in i mean there's instagram facebook you know you can post all this stuff there um i think that that's probably like the way that i would say for people to do it is just learn on your own really because that's for me like learning in the field is how i learned everything like i didn't really learn a whole lot in school like i learned everything just from being thrown into it, like being thrown into, you know, a, a tiger cage while they knocked a tiger out, you know, and they're having to do stitches on it. Like, it was like, oh, all right. <laughs> you know, like I was just doing demolition derby and it's like, I'm standing on like a, a mountain of dirt and there's cars going, you know, 20, 30 miles an hour. And sometimes they come up by it. It's like, you just kind of, you kind of just learn on the fly and you kind of learn how to mess with things on the camera but, but yeah just I would say just just practice just take your phone or if you have a camera just take pictures as you want you know it's all digital now so you don't yeah. gotta worry about film um yeah just yeah just uh do stuff on your own and just go after it <laughs> yeah yeah just go after it yeah well, thank you so much for talking to me today. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we close out? Um, 
the uh so the thing with that with the lion that's um that's on my instagram uh i just posted the sizzle reel they they took it off of joe's youtube page and i went to go put it on mine and and they said there was like a copyright thing but instagram hasn't taken it down yet so it's on my Instagram. it's n marchetti 72 um and so there's a whole sizzle reel from when we tried getting him a reality show. It's up there. Well, thank you so much, Nico, for joining me on my show today. I hope you guys got a little bit of questions answered in this podcast. And if you want to see any other people from the show on my podcast, send me a message and we will see if we can make that happen. And you are currently listening to the Steal Like an Artist podcast. I'm your host, Tristan Duplichain, and thank you for tuning in. <laughs>